Good morning, everyone. Morning. Good to see you. As we prepare to start this morning, um, there are uh, there are a, a couple of things of note I'd like to share with you. Um, you know, I, I frequently give reports and updates to uh, the pastor the pastoral prayer group that moves around the city. And this past week we were uh, praying um, here in town and uh, we were at, where were we? Mm, we, we were in uh, Bywater, sorry. But one of the interesting things that was shared with us was uh, one of the pastors that prays with us. He's also the um, chaplain to the Annapolis Police Department. And he gave testimony um, that he'd been in a meeting the day before with the chief of police and uh, the mayor of Annapolis. And the mayor said, you know, things are, um, you know, things are different. There's a different attitude going on in the city. And um, his, his response was, I'm not entirely sure, but it might have something to do with these preachers that are going around praying around the city. Now, the, the uh, mayor is not a Christian, uh, but he is beginning to, I, I, it would seem by the, the work of the Holy Spirit, see that God is at work um, through the prayers of his people. And I, of course, am not making in, hey, Jonathan, would you uh, help Jeannie, please? Um, the, uh, but but it, is, it is interesting. I think it's encouraging you know, because one of the things we do, you know, you know, on Sundays here, we pray for the mayor. We pray uh, in our meetings for the mayor and the, the council folks and those people that are in leadership over us. Um, not for our glory, but that um, Christ will be named king in their lives and that they would make decisions that are honoring to him. And so we are um, glad for God's uh, work there. Um the uh, other thing I want to mention, last night we had our uh, Bible and barbecue for college students. Um, we've been averaging about 17 or 18, I'd say, over the last year. We had our smallest group in a long time. We only had, uh, uh, what was it, altogether six um, last night. A lot of things going on, parents in town for midshipmen. Uh, other commitments going on for some of our regulars, <clears throat> but uh, we had a, a new young lady last night from the Naval Academy, and uh, she is uh, she's got an interesting lineage. Um, her uh, father is from Guatemala, served in the Marine Corps after he immigrated to the United States, and her mother is uh, <clears throat> Belarusian, um, and. Uh, She's, so she's of Russian and Belarusian descent. And uh, as we were getting to know her a little bit, um, she was sharing some different stories about her family and whatnot. One of the interesting things that she brought up, and we were having a follow-up conversation, my wife and I, this morning, where, um, you know, we make comments. You know, I, I just want to remind us how blessed we are, and despite the challenges before us, you know, we heard from Pastor Sansanich, I'm coming back to this girl in a minute, and we, we heard about some of the difficulties um, 
under the Soviet Union, what that looked like, even some of the difficulties that are going on today in the Ukraine. And it reminds us how blessed we are in spite of the difficulties ahead of us. And, you know, when we think of uh, for ourselves what it means to be a grandma, right, you know, a good grandma, man, she, she uh, bakes me cookies and gives me a glass of milk, right? It's really comforting in that way. And um, this young lady was sharing that um, uh, her family historically has been uh, in opposition to the Communist Party and the things that they're doing. And there's a most recent photograph that they pulled out of uh, news media that was got, got out of Belarus where her grandmother is standing in front of a tank in Belarus. This is not too long ago protesting what the Russians are doing. And it just, it just again, it reminds us of God's good gift to us, where we do have the option to be milk and cookie grandmas, but at the same time proclaim uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ to our kids to pray for the, you know, God's work in the kingdom. Well, let's pray here this morning, and we'll get started with our regularly scheduled uh, class here. Our God and our Father, we give you praise. We thank you for your great mercies and grace. Lord God, we ask that you would pour out your spirit upon us. Please grant us wisdom and grace as we consider your word, especially as it relates to how we should view death and consider it as your servants. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. So as you know, we're, on, we're studying, and we're doing an ongoing study in Sunday school on uh, the autumn of life. Uh, things that we, sh- how we should consider what we are to do if God grants us a long life. Um, but there's also a, a true reality at play, as it says in, 80, in Psalm 89, 48, what, can, what man can live and not see death? Can he deliver his life from the power of the grave? And we know that scriptures teach us that uh, we all are... Um, assigned uh, a, a day, a time that we will die. And so as Christians, it behooves us to uh, understand our enemy, death, right? We know that the scriptures tell us that the last enemy is death. That's the last enemy that is put under um, our Savior's feet. Um, and, and in that, that is the, the final day of resurrection where all death ends. And eternity begins for all those who've ever lived, whether for good in the grace of God, saved by Christ, or for ill for those that remained in rebellion against God and his gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. So I want us to begin by uh, reading Psalm uh, (coughs) chapter 90, and uh, we'll kind of bring this together. So... There are 17 verses, so let's do it this way. Let's break it up into three sections um, as we consider the questions of eternity and God and our own frailty. So would someone volunteer to read verses 1 through 5? Anyone? Yes. Uh, Kim's at home. She just said the sound is in town. I don't know. Yeah, the, okay. we're, we're, we're having Understood. internet issues. I apologize. <laughs> It should be back up now. Okay. All right. So, 
Um, so then I'd like someone to read 6 through 10. 6 through 10. So who had the first five? Uh, that was a mistake. I can do it. <laughs> I All was right. For another reason, but I can or did somebody else? No, no, we've got more to go. Okay. So, uh, and how about 11 to the end? James, you want to get that? Yep, I get that. All right, so Jonathan, uh, Jonathan, you're first. Okay. Um, so we're reading Psalm 90, and we're just, what you're going to do, you're just going to pick up one behind the next. Okay. All right, please begin. Uh, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed, and in the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger, and by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy, or even by reason of strength eighty. But yet their span is but toll and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. <coughs> Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. O Lord, come back to us. How long will you delay? Take pity on your servants. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil years with good. Let us, your servants, see your work again. Let our children see your glory. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make, a, make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. So we're, we're, uh, there, there's obviously a lot here. We're just going to highlight a couple of points and then um, start moving along through uh, this. But this, this song clearly reminds us First of all, God is sovereign, right? He's been our dwelling place, um, not just for generations, but even before all um, of the mountains were brought forth, right? We know in Ephesians 1, before the foundations of the world, right? God uh, foreordained his elect, and he has made his plans for history, right? And, you know, he, he... is from everlasting to everlasting. He is God. I mean, that just that sums it up. God is overall, and He is God, and He is sovereign in all things. And He reminds us that being uh, under the the curse of death from the fall, that we return to dust. Right. That that all for all of our efforts, it comes to naught. I'm I'm reminded of. Uh, uh, our brother Joe Green, who worked uh, in um, civil service after his time in the military and held high levels of classification, and he sat one night in our men's meeting and he made he talked about it, it was really interesting at his retirement how they came he watched he sat was sitting in his office and they came in 
And they took everything that he had been working on, all these papers, all of these documents, all these things he'd been doing, and they put them in a burn bag, and they took it away and threw it into the burn bag furnace, right? It was like watching everything, the accumulation of all that he had labored for, right? Be put in a bag and taken and burned up. There was a piece of humility and a little bit of exasperation there. But we too must recognize that um, what, what we are doing, when we are doing anything that is outside of what God has for us to do, when we're on our own selfish ways, all that's going to be burned up, right? Everything done outside of Christ Jesus um, will pass. And what's going to happen? Just like the grass comes up and then the grass dies, and I thought it was interesting. I remember when uh, first time I brought a friend of mine, we were going to Bible college in Minnesota. He'd grown up in Minnesota, seeing the harsh winters of Minnesota his whole life, never been anywhere else in the, the winter. And I convinced him to come with me in January on winter break, or maybe it was early February. And we, got, we came back to here in Maryland, and he was shocked to see that there was green grass in winter. Right? I can tell you as one who's lived in Louisiana that uh, winter is short. Uh, you cut grass for 11 months of the year. Um, but, but still yet, no matter where we are in the world, our lives perish like plants that come up and then they go their life cycle and they are burned up. And of course, then he reminds us of, of the, the fragility of where we are. It says in verse 7, for we have been consumed by your anger and by your wrath we are terrified now this begs the question why are we terrified anybody because we know we're guilty we're guilty right we are objects of wrath because of our sin our sin makes us enemies of god right verse 8 you've set our iniquities um, before you and our secret sins in the light of your countenance you know, in other places, we embrace the idea that God is light, but we also have to recognize that our sin is before us. God sees it all. Everything that we thought was done in secret, maybe just inside of our heads, all of that is um, laid before our God. And in an unrepentant state, we finish our years like a sigh. We're just, right? All of this outside of the reconciliation to God the Father through Christ the Son puts us in this place. And he, he, he continues with, Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us, so all of this, in light of all of this, teach us to number our days that we may gain the heart of wisdom. So our prayer ought to be, Lord... Teach us these things. Teach us to take account of our days. Uh, I only heard balloons don't mix with something. Uh, well, <laughs> the fragility of life, is it not? Right? And, and then in, in the midst of all this, there comes hope. Return, O Yahweh, how long, and have compassion on your servants. 
in our estate of sinfulness, a place where we are at enmity with God. We are the enemies of God because of our sin and our rebellion, right? We can call upon the name of the Lord by the work of Jesus Christ and ask him for compassion. We can ask him for mercy. And you know what? When, when we receive God's mercy, what happens? We'll re- rejoice and be glad all our days. Right? So even though there's an inevitability of death, right? And death causes fear, causes us to evaluate all kinds of things. When we receive God's mercy and he gives us life, right? We can rejoice and be glad all the, excuse me, all of our days. What what is this driving us to? Um as your pastor, I'm glad that you pray for me and I pray I, I ask that you pray for me to help me to grow in God and grow in wisdom and understanding in his word so that I can lead and guide and teach and disciple this congregation and each one of you. The more and more that I study God's word, I see that our, our life is called to be one of gratitude. That everything, like to, to glorify God and enjoy him forever right, is to live a repentant life filled with gratitude for the great mercy that God has bestowed upon us, right? And in that way, we can rejoice, not because of our own works, but because while we were yet children of wrath, Christ died for us so that we could be reconciled to the Father. And all of this is important, right? Because as he goes through this, he says, You know, you've afflicted us with days, and we've seen evil and difficulty, and we've done evil. And and he says, he says in verse 16, let your work appear to your servants. So whose work is it to bring deliverance? It's God's. And what? And your glory to their children. Now, it's interesting this this part of this passage here because um you know, we're going to be talking about um, Christology and the service and the service today. In other words, the doctrines of Christ are going to come up. It's a central theme of Second John, and we see that there are promises to our children. And yet, we can look across this room and our broader congregation and the broader Church of Jesus Christ and see that there are unrealized promises to that that our children would be his servants. Let us not lose heart in asking God for mercy and praying for them. Verse 17 tells us this, And let the beauty of Yahweh our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So we know that, that we are objects of wrath, that we deserve death, um, and yet God is merciful and he has restored us through Jesus Christ. And there is hope. So let us take an account, knowing that we will die, and also that God, we ask God for his mercy, not just for the forgiveness of our sins, but that he will establish the work of our hands. So if you're feeling as you get older and you have less that you're able to do, what is it that God has called you? We spent a number of weeks talking about those things. What has God called you? What can you do? 
we should ask God to establish the work of our hands, right? He even says it kind of, it's, it's a double. And remember, anytime you see in Scripture something doubled, right, especially like right away, we need to pay attention. That's really important. He's really trying to emphasize it. Verse 17 again, And let the beauty of Yahweh our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. It's important, okay? It's important that we recognize that we need to be uh, in humility, asking God to establish the work that he has for us to do. So, um, there's a, a book I want to recommend. It's called The Last Enemy by Michael Whitmer. Um, it's it's uh, one that's highly recommended amongst CREC pastors in relationship to considering death. Um, you can kind of see, if I look here, you see i got all these highlights and underlines in here. Very helpful in uh, considering this. Um, I just want to emphasize a few things here this morning, and this is going to take us at least this week and next to kind of work through death a little bit. Um, and obviously we could spend volumes. Uh, I, I'm amazed again when we consider the issue of death that's before each one of us, how much scripture has to say about that. There, there's scripture after scripture dealing with death, dealing with the remedy for death, certainly death in an eternal sense. Um, but death is too important to let it simply sneak up upon us. Now, we don't know the day or the hour, right? Um, but we live in a day and time where the world, especially in America, I'm going to focus from our perspective, where death is largely sanitized out of our lives, right? Except for a few of you that are, you know, you have two types of chickens, you know, you got your chickens for laying eggs and you got your chickens that are going to be the roasters on your table, where, right, where your kids are there and they're watching you chase them around and whack their heads off and the chicken runs around with the head cut off, right? All of those kinds of things. Most people grow up today in the United States not recognizing how animals die and give up their lives so that we may be sustained, right? We've sanitized that out. What do we do? We go to the grocery store. We don't really have any imagination, right? I used to do tours um, for children at uh, the McDonald's restaurants that I would do. And I would start, I'd stand at the back door, the delivery door, and I'd say, where does our food come from? You know, where, where, where do those chicken nuggets and those french fries that you like so much come from, right? Um, and, uh, you know, they'll get to thinking and someone will say, the grocery store. Or, you know, um, maybe they've seen a McDonald's delivery truck from Martin Brower out back and they've seen things being toted in the store. they say, off a truck. Well, you know, where does that come from? It comes from, if it's the filet of fish, most of that was coming from the North Atlantic. And when that area became overfished and... and they began to go to other areas. It's mostly in the Pacific Northwest now um, that they're using for that. Or as it relates to the potatoes, a lot of our potatoes come from Idaho. Um, there's, there's, I say ours, you know, speaking like I'm still doing those tours, right? So, 
So the point is that, that you know, as children and, and now today is where generations are farther and farther apart from farming. We don't see that. There's something else that's happened in, in our culture that has sanitized death out of our lives. Right? You know, not fewer, taking care of our older people. Right, so not taking care of your older people. That's, which That sort of passed away, you know, after my generation. I mean, my generation thought, you know, and, and especially if you had any farm thing, you, you took care of everything. You took care of your animals till they passed away. And, um, you know, that's, that's another thing you, you knew about. Those chickens, you knew how they died. And that's right. it was so, a terrible thing to see your, your best friend being chopped his head off. <laughs> oh, grief. And then he had to eat it. Oh. I feel you. You sound like Parker. <laughs> That's why we ate hamburger. <laughs> well, well when, I, when I was a child, my, my grandfather had a hobby farm in Orange, Virginia, outside of Charlottesville. And, and um, I was so excited um, when I got um, a pig. And I named the pig Charlotte. Oh, oh no. And, uh, no. I was little. I was like four, five, oh, something like that, right? I had seen the movie and, and all that. And I was, and, and then, then the recognition when uh, um, my dad came home with a big deep freeze one day. And then the next trip down, we went and got all the bacon and ham and pork chops that had come from. Uh, that when I was little, it was a little tough. But, but, but the other thing that it sanitizes is, as, as um, Sister Jeannie has pointed out, that um, the, the caring for older folks, it used to be that there'd be generations in a home, that um, there, there'd be death in the home today. Death in a home um, is considered unusual, right? What do we think? We think that people should uh, be in nursing care facilities or in hospitals, and there's obviously sometimes where some of those things become necessary, but I don't, I don't think it's, it's the norm, right? And so we, what, what, what we have to recognize is as um, different things have gone on, and some of this is going to come into medical ethics when we get to that part of the class coming up about what should be done to sustain life from a Christian point of view. Um, there, there's a lot to be said there. And obviously there are many areas where sustaining life um, is is preeminent um, and there's also the part where we recognize that it is also the time for the for the body as well just as, as an example by god's natural design when our bodies come to near death you become no longer hungry you no longer desire the things that you once love you know we had a an elder like an actual like um sat on the elders, who, who was also pretty elderly. I think he was 89 at the time. And um, he'd been in a, a digression of life. And um, every day we had a physician that was also an elder. Every day the wife would call and they'd have different <coughs> conversations. And then one day she said, you know, he loved, you know, and everybody knows, you know, um, Elder Carter, he always loved tomatoes. He loved eating sliced tomatoes. And then one day... She brought in the tomatoes, and um, he didn't want to eat them. He just had lost that the body was his body was shutting down. He died the next day. I noticed a similar thing with my father. 
you know, he, he loved uh, McDonald's double cheeseburgers, regardless of what you think of McDonald's. <laughs> you know, you can get into a, a, a habit of something that you really love and enjoy. And as he got older, you know, we went from double cheeseburgers down to a regular cheeseburger, but he still loved getting that even when we weren't able to keep him in our home any longer. I would bring in this, and I remember the first time I took him a cheeseburger, and he didn't eat it right away. He just kept it in his hand and kept going on about the conversation. And it wasn't because he, had, he was full from eating what he was getting at the nursing home. Um, he, just, he was at the place where his body was beginning to shut down. So that there are a number of things that we have to, to embrace and think about, but the reality is death is appointed to everyone. We, we, we have forgotten because we've created this false um, situation in the, in the world around us so that we don't have to deal with death. Some of it is practical, right? You know, it's not practical for all of us to have farms. Um, it's not practical uh, for us to care for everyone till their last breath. Uh, but, again, we need to recognize that this is a normal part of life, and it is inevitable, and God uh, has that plan for each one of us. So we need to not let it sneak up into us like surprised, right, when someone who's 90 years old dies. And, you know, um, I've, I've heard people say things like, I just wasn't ready for Mama to go. Now, in one sense... Of course, we love the person and we care for them. Um, but if you've ever been with a family member and you've watched their digression, um, you know there's a certain place where you are grateful for God's mercy for them to come uh, into the presence of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The, 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 and it, one of the things I'm trying to point to is, is that in prior generations, through most of history, Death was a reality in some way almost every single day, right? You were, you were aware of it. Today, in our modern world, those things are pushed off. It's something we hear about or read in the paper or online now, right? We, we, we read those obituaries. And so I, I want us to be mindful um, in these remaining... Um, uh, moments that we have here today um, to consider two two points briefly uh, to end with today. One is from Hebrews chapter 2, excuse me, verses 14 and 15. And it says this, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, that's Jesus, shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Uh, one of the things I think that COVID showed us, excuse me, is it reminded us of our great fear of death. Um, now, I want us as Christians to recognize we shouldn't simply say um, it, it matters not if I live, right? Um, or to live in a careless manner. However, we saw uh, what we might call mass hysteria of merely doing things and behaving in certain manners um, because of fear. And, and why, were they, why were they afraid of death? Why were they in bondage to death? 
Well, I would make the argument that it's because the, ra- the reality is, um, un- unless you're mentally ill, so your brain is broken, outside of that, right, all of us truly recognize that we have unresolved guilt and regret, right? And outside of Jesus Christ, there is no remedy for that. And so that, that draws and drives people to irrational behavior because we're in bondage to that fear. Um, in Christ Jesus, because he did come, because he did take on flesh and blood, we don't have to live with the same type of fear. Um, at the same time, again, I don't want to de-emphasize the fact that we need to respect life, preserve life. Um, and remember this, if God has ordered your days and he has kept you here, as it said in Psalm 90, 70, perhaps even 80, and in some cases right now amongst us, we have people um, not only 80, but in their 80s, and some um, you know, coming into their 90s. Or as in uh, uh, Mary Jo, our sister, she's post-80s, right? She's in her 90s, right? When God gives us that um, gift, uh, we have a calling. We have prayers to make. And, and you know, sometimes we, we get in a prideful, I just want to say this for a second, we get in a prideful spot. We don't want people to have to help us and do things. Remember this, that um, God's work in the world isn't just about you. Sometimes it is also a calling to those around you in your family, in the household of God, in the, in, in the body of Christ, the church, for us to care for one another, even when it's hard, even when it's inconvenient, right? Um, we, we need to be uh, humble in, in doing that because God's at work in our lives and in the lives of those whom God has sent to serve us. Um, finally, Galatians chapter 3, verses four, 13 and 14 say this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so um, Christ has redeemed us. Why? Because he came down in flesh, did not sin, And he took our place on the cross. He took death for us. Why? So that we could receive the blessing um, in Christ Jesus. The blessing of being reconciled to the Father. What a blessing. We can act and live in our daily lives as we receive the promise of the Spirit, as we believe God. You know, one of the challenges I think we sometimes have, and and you'll see this, I mean, it it happens in our daily lives to start, but also um, there is the challenge um, of when we come to the end of our lives and we have more time to think, and we begin to think back of all the ways we've sinned against people, or in addition to that, or associated with that, we've sinned against God, and we have a hard time believing God's grace and mercy for us, right? Anybody struggle with that now? Mm. Right? Um, Believe, be assured in Christ, right? When, when, when When it came to a place where 
God decided to step in, send his son, take on flesh, come and take our place. Believe and trust. Be assured Christ has forgiven you. Not because you deserved it. Not because you were good enough. Not because you brought enough to the table. Because you can't bring anything to the table. Everything that we've done in ourselves gets burned up. Only those... Yes, sir. As you say, only those things... Um, to which God has purposed in our lives and transformed us to, um, will come through the fire. Yes? I had a question from Psalm 90. Uh-huh. Uh, in relationship to verse 16, you said, uh, you said we have unrealized promises among us in regards to that. Mm-hmm. What, what did you mean by that? Okay. Specifically, we have children of folks in our congregation and in the broader church that you know where they are Christians and their children are not right if if he is the god to us and our children there are promises there some of them are yet to be realized um, it seems like the promise here though is only that the children will will be shown the work of the lord which you know all see the glory of god all see the works of god yes so this this promise uh, is realized correct Yes, yes, but what I but but I guess what I want to do is not say that is not recognize the fact that the the broader promises of God to our children, right? They they've seen the glory, right? Sometimes muddled in ourselves as as we've not always been faithful and we have driven wedges through our sinfulness towards our children. Um, and in other cases, we see it where it doesn't seem explainable, um, and yet there are children who have not realized. Um, the, the faith yet. Let us, let us not become discouraged in praying for them, standing for them, um, and, and asking God for mercy uh, for them. Questions or comments? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we live in a culture of life. Though, I'm know? sorry, we live in a culture. We live in a culture of life. You know, Western civilization is based in a culture of life. Because of the glorious message of Jesus Christ. And and today, the world powers are hoping we all die off quick so they can, you know, have fewer to have to knock off. And tyrants always murder off in the beginning of their tyranny. Well, you know, we, it was interesting last night speaking with uh, Nadia, that, that student I mentioned. Um, you know, we were just talking about you know, um, the powers that be and, and how during Stalin's era from the 30s until um, his death, we can't even put a, a fixed number on those that were killed by Stalin and his, his policies. Somewhere between 39 million and 100 million, right? That, that's staggering. And that's right? one of them. Right, that's just one. But, but here's what, at the same time, as we were talking about that, we talked about how God is is working, how there's, in China, there's a huge revival going on in spite of persecution. How we see God is at work in so many places. And even though the headlines look dim and bleak, right? Um, the promises of God's word from Isaiah 6 and Habakkuk 2, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Um, that from Psalm 2, where... God the Father says, I've set my son 
on the throne. And if you ask me for the nations, I will give them to you as an inheritance that God is fulfilling these, these very things. Um, so what, what we, what we want to do is, is always be looking to God and for his fulfillment uh, in, the, in the, the, the church and, and not necessarily in our governments. I'll actually be talking about that or even in specific denominations as well. I'll be talking about that today during the service. Well, we are out of time, so let us um, pray here this morning. Our God and our Father, we give you praise. We thank you for your great kindness. I pray, O Lord, that each one of us would remember um, your graciousness towards us. May we believe in the assurance of salvation and the forgiveness of our sins, not because of ourselves, but because of the work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ask you to please prepare our hearts for worship and the renewal of your covenant promises with us. We ask this for Christ's sake.